Welcome to Collision Cast, the official podcast of Fender Bender Magazine, helping collision repair shop owners make money, save money, and work smarter. I'm Fender Bender editor Todd Kortemeyer. In this episode, I'm joined by Fender Bender columnist Greg Lobsiger to take a closer look at the subject of his April column on cash flow and profits. Greg discusses how he discovered the process that has worked for him in understanding where his shop's profit is coming from and how to do the same in your shop. Be sure to check out Greg's column, Shop Profits, in each edition of Fender Bender. And now, here's our conversation. I'd like to welcome in Fender Bender columnist Greg Lobsiger here. We're breaking down another one of his uh, columns. We are talking about uh, April's column. Hopefully, you've all had a chance to read that and have the issue um, right there and had a chance to go through that. Um, but I guess just to start, Greg, I'll ask, you know, um, Basically, we're talking about the relationship between you know profit and cash flow. Sometimes it's not all that obvious. And you know what exactly you know prompted you to write about this topic? And you know what have you seen where owners are struggling with this? Sure, Todd. Um, well, I, I was uh, I've always been pretty good at uh, at managing my uh, uh, our business's money and um, watching my P and L. Uh, and with the uh, uh, nearly over a decade with Mike Anderson <laughs> with his uh, business councils and and other groups, uh, I, I, I have a, he's, he's trained us real well how to watch our P&L, but um, I'm at the place in life where I, I'm able to take some distributions and, and uh, uh, you know, put money into investments and so forth. And, and it, as I was moving along, you know, and, and uh, where things had, had improved and so forth, and, and I go to take this money out, that I would run into a, a cash flow issue, you know, and, and about the day, it's built up every, the, the, the extra, um, uh, funds in uh, uh, reserves that, hey, it's time I can take a distribution and, and won't disrupt anything. Well, sure as the world, you take that distribution and uh, here uh, uh, either we have an estimated tax bill or, of course, a sales tax bill or you have a uh, uh, new piece of equipment needs to be purchased or something. It's just just like clockwork that would work out that I'd pull it out and then next thing I'd have to start shuffling some money around to make sure I could cover for all of our statements the first of the month and so forth. And I thought, boy, there's just has to be a better way. And uh, I mean, things were really good, but I'm like, there's something that is, there's gotta be a better way. So I just did what everybody else did. And, and uh, I uh, go to the uh, keyboard and uh, Google it, just try to see what's uh, what's out there as far as books on uh, on profit, uh, profitability and so forth. And um, so sure, uh, I ran across this book called Profit First and I'm like, Wow, that's an interesting title. <laughs> so, um, and if I, I YouTube this guy, the, the author is Michael McCallowitz, and uh, YouTube even found a couple talks on him, and I'm like, this is pretty interesting. So I'm I'm always a little bit frugal, so I always want to check somebody out before I spend any money, and so I bought his book, and, uh, and then actually did the audio book also, um, and kind of did them both a little bit at the same time, and then actually went back and then reread the book again, but. Uh, basically, what he was talking about, well, he had kind of some hard times, and, and I won't get into all that, but uh, um, hard times that led him to um, watching an infomercial uh, one night when he was broke after he had lost uh, several million and just uh, in really bad shape. He's watching this infomercial, and I guess they're talking about um, having uh, uh, smaller plates. He, was, he even talked about, you know, back in the uh, you know, 16, 1700s that we had smaller plate sizes for food than what we have right now. And of course we have more, um, you know, troubles with weight loss and all that than we've ever had in our history. Uh, and there's a, that's a multi-billion dollar business as far as weight loss and so forth. So the answer is, is uh, sometimes can be smaller plates as long as you don't go keep going back. But anyhow, 
So uh, they got to talking about as far as your, how you uh, handle your money. And so uh, the light bulb came on uh, with Michael and uh, he actually come up with this system and it's profit first system where all of your income is, is uh, brought into one account. And that'd be, you know, uh, cash and uh, uh, insurance checks and EFTs and credit cards and all those things, uh, personal checks. They're all brought into uh, just one plate, and that's the um, big serving tray, the income plate. And then he had uh, uh, eight um, dinner plates around the outside of it. And uh, once a, his was once every, I think, two weeks, or maybe it's three weeks in the book. I think maybe it was every two weeks in the book that that's when you did the allocation. So you would you would spread out a certain percentages of that income, let's say out of, you know, say every hundred dollars, you know, a certain amount's going to parts, certain amounts going to sales tax, certain amounts going to um, the owner, you know, to make sure that, because there are some businesses that, you know, the owners are struggling and they're they're struggling even to pay themselves. You know, they want to make sure their people's paid because they won't survive if you don't pay your people, of course, but uh, they don't have enough money left over to pay them and, and uh, themselves. Uh, also for uh, estimated tax and, uh, you know, as far as your OPEX, your operational expenses, as far as your payroll and your overhead and all those things, and um, but they're allocated out. And uh, right now at each shop, we would have like our, our uh, what they call caps, current allo allocation percentages, you know, even far as how your P&L is set up that, you know, they're each going into different buckets. But then the goal of it is the goal of it is, is to have a, a target uh, allocation percentage to where you want to change those. You know, you want to improve. That's the whole thing. And uh, when I first reached out to my accountant, he, uh, he wasn't too, uh, we, him and I were getting get along, uh, we have, we're on the same page and we, we can talk very good English to each other. And, and he, uh, he said, well, here's the deal, Greg. He said, I'm not in favor of it, but he said, because I'm an accountant. He said, I would never use this system because, you know, he said, I'm a CPA. He said, I, I know how to manage, you know, my own personal money. But he said, for you, he said, if you want to do it, the, the only reason, the only way I would be for it is that if it creates a behavior change. It create, you know, not just making more work and the, the behavior is uh, that's the key. So um, I'll stop there and then we'll, we'll proceed when you're ready. Yeah, I think that's a great place to transition because, you know, the, the, the behavior changes really everything. Like, you know, there's probably some owners out there. They know everything about running their business and they even might think they're on top of their accounting. But this is sort of like a next level you know, thing to really, you know, enhancing their accounting practices. So, you know, what are some ways to to kind of get a handle on this and this new way of thinking? Um, well, I'll, for a second here, I, I will say this, this system is applicable to any shop at any stage, um, whether, whether it's a shop that doesn't have a, a you know, a very good, uh, you know, very organized P&L, you know, their gross sales just says gross sales. And, uh, it, you know, our, my P&L when I started way back, uh, 20 plus years ago was one page long. And now it's, uh, after uh, uh, being with Mike Anderson and so forth, it's seven pages long, you know, and I know what my aftermarket parts gross profit is and, and which we don't do much aftermarket anymore, but you know, OEM parts and uh, uh, you know, mechanical labor GP and all these different GPs. But for the shops that are just running their shop off of the checkbook, it's very applicable. And for shops that know their P&L inside and out have a very high profitability, uh, this system still definitely applies to them uh, and, and the reason being is because there, there still is, everybody has room for improvement. And as, as it's kind of like, as, as he described in the book, it's like a, a tube of toothpaste. If you, 
you know, if we have a full tube of toothpaste, it's pretty easy just to lob it right onto your toothbrush and away you go, you start brushing. But how many times if we go on a trip or something and, and we have that little, little, uh, um, uh, little, uh, travel, uh, toothpaste, you know, and that thing's just about empty and we're trying to squeeze out that little bit right at the end. It's amazing how, uh, uh, how little we can use and it still is enough, if that makes sense. And so, uh, th this system is really like a discipline system. You know, we have, uh, you know, if we only have X amount of dollars for our marketing in our OPEX fund, um, our OPEX account, we can become very creative. But if we have a surplus of money and what are we gonna do? It it's, it's really comes down to what's called as Parkinson's law. And Parkinson's law is basically whatever time or whatever amount of money that you have, that's gonna be used up. And um, it's funny, like even as our technicians and so forth, that they get a pay raise um, and not that we want this, but nine times out of 10, um, they just uh, they just increase their outflow of money because they've got more income, you know, and, and not you know that if they make an extra two hundred dollars in whatever and say in a week or something, uh, does that extra two hundred dollars go into savings? Probably not. And so this is a very disciplined way uh, to to manage your money. And, and the thing that is so cool, um, you know, we may get to the end of the month and let's say we've had a great month and I um, uh, just like back in March uh, there was twenty three working days. <clears throat> We only have just a few months that have 23 working days, and there was a lot of uh, a lot of my buddies even that set set records, and including my shop that we uh, set records on as far as our gross sales. But um, uh, we get to the end of that month, and let's say we've made whatever, throw out a number, you know, just uh, say 50,000 as an easy easy figure. Um, we may show 50,000 in profit, but then we look in our bank accounts, we're like, but where is it you know and uh we can't necessarily take a fifty thousand dollar distribution and um so it, it's it uh, uh it is a it, it's really made me rethink uh everything every place that we spend money uh maybe i can adjust something by a half a percent and another account is going to run a little tight and again back let's take back to marketing or um, you know, anything that you, you know, even, you know, it comes even as small as very minute as even like electricity. You know, if my guys are at lunch over, over lunch hour and they're gone for an hour, flip off the lights in the shop. You know, it, it's, it's just a, it, it, it drives uh, frugality is what it, what it drives. And it's really just like access to more information about where your, you know, shop finances are at, right? Like it's more complicated, but it's also giving you a really clear picture of, you know, where all that cash flow is coming from. Yes, without without question. Uh, uh, I still personally, um, I'm, I'm the gatekeeper at my shop, and I still do the uh, the bank reconciliations. And it may sound like a lie, but I, you know, do nine bank accounts a month, and as long as everything is done correctly, I've even timed myself. I can do them in 35 minutes. You know, who, who, what owner can't take 35 minutes out of their month and reconcile their, their statements. And, uh, um, you know, if you have the accountant do it, of course, it's, that's going to cost more money, but you know, the, whether it's your, the owner or the bookkeeper reconciling, reconciling, uh, the, the bank statements really needs to be done in house because that's how we catch, catch whatever, uh, problems that we might have. But, and I will say too, that, uh, another really big one as far as new equipment, um, I have an actual equipment account, and uh, uh, we're uh, we're going to be putting in a, a some new uh, uh, a dual prep station and downdraft and all that. And uh, we've I've been upping the percentage that's going into the equipment account just to cover the new equipment. 
And, I, and you know, I know people sometimes get back in the corner, but you know, they'll go out and, and borrow money for equipment. And uh, I, I, I've, I've been pretty strong against that. Uh, the best way is to is to save up and then go buy it. And especially if you can buy a used piece of equipment, now you're even ahead farther. And rather than borrow money for new equipment, uh, if you have the money in the bank and if you find some you know good used equipment, um, and it's a little tough right now. We know the market's pretty tight on the collision side, the finding used equipment. But um, <coughs> excuse me, it's just uh, you know trying to be uh, frugal, and yet it also it also drives to uh, increase your gross sales and. Uh, I'll stop there and let, let you go. Uh, one thing I want to ask you about, um, sort of going back to the beginning of the column, you mentioned how someone years ago, um, you know, mentioned that you need to operate as if your shop is going to be worth you know, nothing at the time of your retirement. And so obviously all this you know, stuff we're talking about is you know, to get a better handle on your profit. So can you, you know, talk about like what kind of a mind shift, uh, mindset shift that that was, you know, hearing that advice? Um, yeah, the, the, the fellow's name is Chuck. He still lives, uh, he still lives, uh, not too far from me. And, uh, but I, I, it, it's in the column, but, um, when I first bought my shop off my uncle's back in uh, 2000, um, and we, I, I hadn't had any coaching or training as far as how to really run a shop. We were just, uh, my uncles and then myself were pretty much running our shop at the time in the stone age. Um, I remember when I first started, we still had ledger books, so that'll tell people a lot, but, uh, uh, we've definitely changed since then. But anyhow, uh, I thought, you know, the best way to run my shop at the time was just to work harder. So I was working my tail off. I was the only A-tech and blah, blah, blah. And uh, many people listening probably can relate to that when technicians turn into business owners. So anyhow, uh, we, uh, uh, I was probably a year or so, and I went to church with Chuck at the time. And and he asked me, uh, he said, hey, he said, how's your, uh, How's your business going? And and I said, oh, of course I stuck my chest out, you know. And hey, it's 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 going it's going okay, it's going okay. And then really in the in the background, you know, I'm, I'm killing myself working 12, 14 hours a day and 80 hours a week and the whole story, you know. But anyhow, and I said, well, you know, the good thing is, uh, I said I'll have something to uh, sell when it comes to retirement. <clears throat> and uh, uh, Chuck is an extremely smart businessman, and he said he stopped me. He said, Greg, I want to tell you something. He when, it, when you look at retirement, he said, you want to look as though your business will be worth nothing. And at the at that time, I'm like, first, I didn't say it to him, but I'm like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And and I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. But anyhow, uh, um, uh, and then I saw him, maybe we talked about maybe a couple of years later, and he said the same thing. He says, remember, he said, make it so your business will be worth nothing. And I, I did not understand what he was saying. Anyhow, after coaching and with Mike Anderson and you know other coaches and lean coaches and so forth, uh, the, the business had took off and and we're we're uh, we're in a really good good spot. Let me just kind of word it that way. I have ten employees and, and life's very good. But uh, uh, you know, as the shop had improved and profitability improved and debt free and all those other things, uh, they're becoming excess of cash. And uh, uh, I'm like, you know, great. I'm, I already, you know, maxed out my IRAs and all that all, all along, but now there was, you know, additional funds to uh, be able to invest and you can invest them into, you know, into uh, uh, equities or you can invest them in another shop or whatever you want. You know, there's, everybody knows that, but uh, when you, when you have those, uh, um, when you have those funds, you know, then you can be building up for retirement. And so finally the light bulb come on and I'm like, now I understand what he was saying. He's saying that you, while you're while you own your business, that's when you should be funding your retirement um, and and as and working 
as though it really doesn't, because so many people will, will set on their businesses and they just assume that, hey, that's going to be, that's my retirement plan. And it, it's, you're, you're putting a lot of weight on just one thing. And in the meantime, you, you, you know, from the time when you're still uh, working in your business, that's when you need to be packing that uh, money away into investments. So anyhow, it actually, fortunately, a couple of years ago, uh, and it, we have changed churches and so forth from Chuck and, and, and but I saw him uh, uh, a couple of years ago and, and I actually, I, I said, you remember when you checked, you remember when we, you told me that? And he says, yep, I sure do. And I says, well, you are a hundred percent right, buddy. And I, and I said, I want to thank you because now I fully understand what you're talking about. And, uh, and, and I will say too, uh, and of course I won't say Chuck's last name, but uh, Chuck is a decamillionaire, which means he's worth 10 million plus. So uh, he's a very smart businessman and I really appreciate his wisdom at the time I didn't, but I sure do now. So. And so now we have systems like this in place to, you know, start to increase those profits a little bit and, and start to do that sort of planning. Yes. Yes. It, it, I will never, I will as and I've got a few, uh, some years to go here, but uh, I will never run my business without this system because it has made life so much easier, finances so much easier. You know, whenever like our, our sales taxes due the 20th of the month, um, the money is always there. You got to have the right uh, percentages in each account. And, and I actually found a, a profit first advisor. I'm not trying to promote uh, on that side, but uh, for me, it, it, where I'm at in life, my time is extremely valuable. And I didn't want to mess around, um, you know, trying to get the account set up, make sure the allocations were correct. And so I found a, um, a profit first advisor that used to work for one of the pay companies. So he was familiar with the body shop business, which we, him and I uh, could really talk English between uh, uh, him and myself. And then he helped me set up my allocation percentages. And of course, over time now, I've been able to improve those numbers even more. And, uh, and you know, some guys will think, you know, I can just do this in Excel. Don't do that. Don't do that. You'll always turn as it is the mud because then you'll stop or start uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul and all that. Just put them in bank accounts and you have to, uh, it could be a credit union, it could be a regional bank, but you just have to make sure you, you talk to, uh, maybe your current bank would be great, but uh, you, you got to talk to them, make sure they won't charge you fees. And when I explained to our local bank, um, it's not one of the big banks, just a local here in our area and explained to them what I was doing and they were cool with that and I don't pay any fees and my allocations that I do uh, uh, once a week, I mean, it'll take me 10 minutes. And again, the, uh, um, the statements can be reconciled in 35 minutes and why, uh, why anybody would not want to do this system. I don't care how well you know your P&L. Uh, we're still dealing most, most, I mean, I think the average shop is maybe around $2 million in gross sales, maybe is the average shop in size. Um, we're handling a lot of money every day. And our goal is to put some of that money under our pocket. And uh, so, yes. Well, some, you had some great uh, words of wisdom there, but any final thoughts or any, you know, anything else that uh, other shop owners need to know about, you know, about this topic before we go? Uh, one thing I will say is that I know I've talked to a lot of people who have read the book. Um, it's kind of like the Bible, you know, it talks about uh, looking in the mirror, and then you walk away and you forget what you look like, you know, and, and so in, in with Profit First, uh, if you've read it, I strongly encourage you to read it again and then um, uh, then act, you know, then actually whether you get a Profit First advisor or not, you, you can probably still do this on your own. There's an assessment process that helps you in the book to be able to figure out what your percentages should be. Um, but I, I would strongly encourage you to uh, 
Uh, it is. I won't say it's changed my life, but it's definitely helped uh, the stress of uh, cash flow and, and so forth in, in my business. And I, I just, uh, I can't speak highly enough about it. Well, we thank you very much for sharing that with uh, the audience. Um, people can definitely go check that out for themselves. Again, you know, the book's called Profit First. Greg talks about it in his April column, uh, which you can find, of course, at betterbetter.com. Greg, thanks so much for uh, taking a little more time to go in more depth on this topic. And uh, we'll talk to you next month about next month's column. Hey, Todd, appreciate it, sir.